special edition of Locked On Big 12. Josh Neighbors here joining us today, Jonathan Davis of Locked On Longhorns. We're going to talk about the news yesterday that came out that Chris Beard was fired as University of Texas men's basketball coach. We'll get into the decision to do it now and what the future immediately and down the line holds for Texas Hoops. That's all coming up. You are Locked On Big 12, your daily podcast on the Big 12 Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Once again, Josh Neighbors here, host of Locked On Big 12. Jonathan Davis is here, host of Locked, host of Locked On Longhorns. Make sure you guys subscribe to both channels. You guys can find them on YouTube. You can also find them both wherever you guys get your podcast. So, Jonathan, not a topic that we, you know, are are happy to talk about, uh, really. But this process of Chris Beard, you know, with the arrest that happened uh, and then kind of the process afterwards and the way things have played out since um, has, has come to an end. On January 5th, we're recording on January 6th, University of Texas pretty publicly put out statements, letters, all that kind of stuff, and also Freedom Information Act helped with this as well. Uh, and they fired Chris Beard. They sent him a letter. They sent his attorney a letter. They basically said that even if these charges are dropped uh, from Rand, you know, the the state's charges, uh, you know, from the stuff that was alleged by Randy True, his fiance, uh, and it seems like they are going to get dropped. Even with that, they can still fire him, and they can fire him with cause. And they offered him the chance, very small window, to resign. Did not did not think he was interested in doing so. He maintains he hasn't done anything wrong. They fired him. They said they had no preference either way. They were going to do it. This, to me, was the right decision. Uh, and I think it's for multiple reasons. But to me, it was a decision they had to make. The timing's a bit odd, maybe. Um, but, like, they made the call. They they got him fired. And, and now Chris Beard no longer head coach at, at Texas. Yeah, I think you can question the timing. I mean, I guess it was a little bit less than a month. But I think what's more important than that is that they made the right decision, like you said. And, you know, we're talking about, you know, an organization that's worth a lot. It has a lot of visibility. And so a lot of people said, OK, the police report has come out. You can take that information. You can fire them with cause. Let's get it done and let's move on. But, you know, I think the university did their due diligence, although Chris Beard and his lawyers feel like the university didn't do their due diligence. I think yeah. that they did and they made the right decision. You know, I said an endorsement of Chris Beard as your head men's basketball coach is an endorsement of domestic violence and it's an endorsement of the actions that took place on December 12th. And a, a university such as the University of Texas is too prestigious to endorse or entertain domestic violence, nor is any university, right? That's just not something that's tolerable right. or something that should be endorsed, period. And so, you know, once that came out, whether Chris Beard maintains its innocence, I know that uh, the fiance came out and tried to retract the statement a little bit, uh, you know, based on some of the details that were in the initial statement. But once the arrest made was on December 12th, the University of Texas had to make the decision that they ultimately made on January 5th. And that was getting rid of Chris Beard and moving on from that situation. Yeah. And a, a few things on this. Number one, it is never it's not acceptable to hit your partner, period. If, for us two men speaking, it's never acceptable to hit a woman ever. And any, any really, you know, there are some select circumstances, whatever. Jeff Goodman even said last night, like loaded gun to your head, maybe, you know, don't want to get into weird situations like that. But like really under no circumstances, is it is it OK? Second and thing. I want to clarify too. I mean, and and women hitting men as well. Like this is yeah, yeah. Both your partner hitting partners, your partner, your spouse. We shouldn't yeah. be. We shouldn't. It's not men, women. We shouldn't be touching each other. Period. Yeah, yeah. I'm with you on that 100. The other part of this I want to mention is that while she retracted her statement, that is not something that is uncommon. Uh, I'm a boxing fan right now. Javante Tank Davis, who even fights on Saturday night, is going through the same exact thing. 
Uh, and you'll, and you'll see it, you know, across a lot of different things. Dana White, we saw a video of him and his wife getting the altercation and they had statements ready to go and whatnot. And, you know, people have said, Oh, it's between them. Sure. Whatever. But also we have to talk about you being a public face, right? Even if you want to do the whole, it's between them, which I don't believe it's the between them thing, but it, the, you are a public face of something. And this is not just coming from me, but uh, Chip Brown mentioned this yesterday and Jeff Goodman hinted at it as well. People at Texas Tech were aware of there not maybe this happening before, but there was some there was some hesitations about maybe some stuff happening in that relationship and maybe some red flags that happened before. Texas went and hired him, and, and I'm sure I'm sure they were aware of whatever was going on. I'm not saying they never should have hired him, I'm just saying there is there is an awareness to awareness to maybe some actions Chris Beard has taken or the the volatility rather of that relationship to put it in the way that I've heard it, the volatility of it. Um the one thing Texas could not risk was what if you brought him back and what if something like this happened again? That would be one of the largest, one of the biggest nightmares. I mean, I, I think in terms of like handling of a coach in the history of sport, uh, you having a coach who you knew something might be wrong. And even though legally everything might get cleared up once again, like it sounds like the charges are going to be dropped because of the way Randy True has approached this. But what if something like this happened again? It, it you know, it, you would be saying that, look, you enabled it. You made it okay. You, you, you allowed the guy to keep his job and say, you know what? Uh, things happened a certain way that we found acceptable and we kept him on. That's, you know, it's not just about um, like what, like this is one of the ways that we tolerate it, right? By letting somebody keep their job as the face of something as public as University of Texas men's basketball, who have a new sparkling arena, who are one of the top three teams in the country earlier on in the year, right? Who play in the best conference in America. Uh, you cannot keep somebody on board. That's perpetuating it. That's saying, well, we just, we got to find the right, you know, the, you know, because of the way it played out legally, we can keep them on board and that's why we do it. There you've put the winning above what really matters. And if you think there's any shadow of a doubt that this might have happened or, you know, read the arrest details, you know, that, that's just unsavory enough as it is. You should make this call. Put in your due diligence. Sure. And if, I feel like they did. But this was the call that had to be made, considering all of those factors. Absolutely. And you make a good point about, you know, it potentially happening again or enabling that behavior. And I think too often, not just in college sports and sports period, we see these cases where, you know, a coach has done something horrific, but eventually, you know, time moves on and it's like, okay, we want to win. Right. And we're going to prioritize mm -hmm. winning over that. We saw when Auburn hired Hugh Freeze, you know, there's a big, you know, it's Hugh Freeze day on Twitter, right. And everybody moves right. on and now he's just the head coach at Auburn. Right. And so, you know, I think there's a similar situation here, not at the University of Texas, but eventually somebody will look at Chris Beard's track record and say, OK, we want to win. And we've seen his production at the college level. And so, yeah, you, you, you made a good point. And you also made a good point about, you know, victims, you know, a lot, re, you know, walking kind of taking back, back their stances right. or walking stuff back because, you know, she was Chris Beard's fiance, but she wasn't necessarily a prominent figure or a national figure to the level that, you know, Chris Beard was. But when you make that phone call and this becomes public, you now, you know, this becomes your lifestyle. You know, you can't even go to the grocery store or wherever without people saying, oh, that's Chris Beard's fiance. This right. happened. You know, their drama's all on Front Street. Right. And so if they're trying to move forward as a couple and move past this, then she's trying to do, you know, what she's trying to do now to make sure that, you know, they're best apt to do that. But, you know, like you said, reading the police report, that was enough information right there for the University of Texas to fire him with cause, at least, you know, whether you get into 
you know, he has to have his day in court or he's innocent or, you know, he has proof or whatever. Right. And, you know, you talked about um, the history at Texas Tech and I can't speak on that. You know, I, I wasn't there. I'm, you know, I'm not sure. Neither was I. I'm just saying this is what other people, yeah, you know, Chip yeah, Brown, yeah, when Chip sure, Brown meant something, we, we, t- we take Chip yeah, Brown. But it's, it's definitely, it's definitely something that has been circulated. You right. know, I, I heard something about something with her and a volleyball team in Lubbock. Like there's definitely something that's been circulated. When I look at the situation, you know, like I guess I wasn't there that night on December 12th, but to me, for Chris Beard to say that he had a recording, whether he wants to publish it or not, it's up to him. I don't know why he wouldn't publish it if he felt like it would help him. But if for him to even be prepared to record tells me that this is not something that he was shocked by, right? If this mm-hmm. is a situation that he was ready for, if he was recording the altercation, this feels like something that had happened before. And so you make a good point that if you endorse this behavior, if you bring him back to the University of Texas, not only do you stain your reputation as a university, but you risk this situation getting even worse if it happens again. And now the finger is pointed at you because you say you enabled this behavior by bringing him back and allowing him to be the face of your men's basketball program. And this, this decision by all accounts went above Chris Del Conte's head. This was not ultimately his choice. This was the power brokers at Texas and I'm sure CDC was involved, but they made this call on, on doing this. And also too, how are the players supposed to trust him again? If you also, if you bring him back mid season, like after that, you know, they've the players have moved on in the way, right? In a certain sense. And this kind of gives them a bit of closure. Maybe not all the closure they need, but a bit of closure. Like Rodney Terry is now your coach. That is the way it's going to be the rest of the year. But you bring him back, like, as a fan, how do you feel? As a player, how do you feel? As somebody who is on that staff, how do you feel? You know, somebody, you know, who covers a league, like it covers a team, like how do you feel? You just feel really odd. And the, the one thing I'm, I think you're right. Chris Beard's not done coaching college basketball. So whatever is currently going on in his life, whether he admits to it or not, I hope things take a more positive turn. He's able to turn. Cause here's the thing, Jonathan, I think we're having a conversation in five to 10 years about should Chris Beard be back, you know, allowed back into major division one basketball. Cause that guy wins everywhere he goes. He wins everywhere he goes. And if he gets another shot and we'll see what happens, you know, I'm not, People get second chances in this world. I'm not the guy who's, if I was an AD, would be the one handing them out, right? That's not really what I would do, but I don't run the programs. Uh, I think this, I think we'll see him back. So I, and I think that's, that's something that we have a lot of these conversations about, like Rick Pitino coming back, right? Uh, Hugh Freeze coming back. DJ Durkin is, you know, defensive coordinator right now. And on the opposite side of the ball for AM, it's now going to be Bobby Petrino who is back, right? So, I mean, this stuff happens like kind of the, the time heals all wounds in, pu- in, in the public side, but you know you hope that there is some maturation from as a person. And, and Texas is alleging too here. I mean, they're pretty emphatic about this, Jonathan, that he does not understand what what he did wrong. He feels like it seems like he thinks that there was an overreaction and he was attacked and he was the, he's the one that deserves the next shot and and you know doesn't feel like you know he's culpable in this situation. So, and Texas seems, once again, very emphatic. How much is public? I don't know. But the university was was pretty clear on that front, I thought. And I that was the thing out of all of this that stood out to me the most. And, and that's why I say that, you know, we need to focus more on them making the right decision than the timing, right? right. Because it's like, you know, it takes time to, to figure out all the details and make the decision. And, you know, you're dealing with Chris Beard and, and you wanted to, you know, turn every stone to make sure that you were making the right decision in this regard. And yes, the University of Texas said that this is something that we can't stand for. Like I said, you just can't endorse this, right? Regardless of, you know, what Chris Beard says or, or how he feels, the, the truth of the matter is, right, this is not 
you know, conjecture. This is fact. He was arrested on December 12th for felony domestic violence charges, mm -hmm. including strangulation. Right. And that's just not something that the University of Texas can stand for. And like you said, they gave him the window to resign. He clearly pushed back on that and, and said that he didn't do anything wrong. They came out, you know, in the statement and said that the University of Texas is, uh, you know, making this decision based on Twitter feeds and all of that. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, it's really just kind of disgusting stuff from somebody I once respected and Chris Beer, because not only have you been accused of doing this, but it's like no remorse is shown at all. You know, it's like you're you're almost trying to use the the internet and and, and you're trying to turn yourself into the victim here, right? right? You know, like you've been done wrong by the University of Texas. They didn't give you a fair chance to get your job back and you know anything. And then, like I said, from the jump, him and his representatives have been talking about this recording they have that that'll prove that not that he didn't do what's been alleged, but that he did it in self defense. But if you're not willing to produce that, then that's null and void to me. So yeah, I, this whole Chris Beard trying to flip it and, and turn it into he's the victim and he didn't get a fair shot and and all of this, it, it's just really, to me, it's in one ear and out the other. The University of Texas made the right decision to move on from him. Like I said, I believe he'll get another coaching job down the future. And so like you said, in the meantime, I hope that he's doing the work to you know come out from this on the other side better. But from what I've heard thus far, you know, him trying to make himself a victim and you know not willing to resign and you know not willing to I guess, let go of his innocence when it's clear that, you know, regardless of the reason that he did it, he did something very bad and he did something, you know, that's uncalled for and something that should never be tolerated, especially by the University of Texas. So I hope that, you know, everybody involved, his his daughters, the, the family, the friends, mm -hmm. everybody involved with the situation can get better and move forward from it. And I hope that, you know, he eventually, maybe not right now, you know, maybe he's still emotional, maybe things are happening, but eventually he can take accountability because that's the first step to becoming better as a person. And if he does get another coaching job, like you said, you won't be the AD to hand it out. I won't be the AD to hand yeah. it out. We can't control that, but he needs to be in the best position to make sure that if he does get another opportunity that he won't let it falter the way that he did with his dream job at the university of Texas. And so that's where we get to the team itself, right? These guys, this this year, you know, the job for Rodney Terry, like this isn't just you're not just picking up a, a team that's really good. Like I know they're good, but there is a whole lot on this group that you have to keep together because there's a lot of older guys, there's some younger guys, there's a lot of talent, there's a lot of ability, and he's gonna have to manage those personalities. And we saw the other night, like it got, I mean, their offense has been better since Beard has been gone, their defense has not been as good, right? But this is still a team that's ranked number six nationally. And so before we talk about who's the long-term replacement and all of those things, the first thing I want to do is ask you, what does Roddy Terry number one have to do to stabilize? Or do you think he already has? I think this kind of adds a new wave of unstabilization to it with the firing being official. Now, what does he have to do this season to keep the job? Because Texas feels like, I know they feel like this, they, they might have their pick of the litter of a lot of really good coaches, or they're going to at least throw the kitchen sink at a lot of really good coaches. So let's start there. And, get, and be fair to Rodney Terry, what does he need to do to keep the Texas Longhorns basketball job this season? Well, that's tough. And I think the odds are going to be stacked against them. Like you said, it's the University of Texas. It's one of the biggest brands in the world. And they feel like they can have their pick of the litter as coach, especially when you looked at what Chris Beard was able to do in less than two seasons, getting this team all the way to the number two team in the country with home wins against Creighton and Gonzaga, two top 10 teams at the time of his dismissal. So I think for Rodney Terry, who's come in and, and has been the interim head coach, and like you said, they haven't looked like the same basketball team, maybe haven't had the same uh, you know, attention to detail, toughness, and, and, and grit that we're used to seeing from a Chris Beard team. They're still five and one since his departure, and five and one is five and one regardless of competition. 
Although uh, 116 to 40 minutes to Kansas State is not ideal. I don't care how hot they were, right? So I think for Rodney Terry to keep this job at the University of Texas when you know they're going to be making calls to people like Scott Drew and, and Jay Wright and you know some of the best coaches to have ever graced college basketball, I think Rodney Terry has to – I mean, I think Elite Eight would be the floor for him to keep his job. I think, you know, Sweet 16, he's out of there, right? I think Elite Eight and, right. you know, maybe it came down really close to them getting the Final Four and you say, okay, this team is really responding to Rodney Terry. Maybe if A.J. Johnson and Ron Holland, two five-stars in the 2023 class, maybe if they reaffirm their commitment and say, I'm committed to Rodney Terry, I love what he's doing at the University of Texas, then maybe the school can look at it and say, okay, the future is buying into Rodney Terry, so we should buy into Rodney Terry as well. But I think from a production on the court standpoint, I think the floor would be Elite Eight. I think anything less than Elite Eight, and he's definitely fired, and they're looking for the next big splash at the coaching position. I agree. And, and even with an Elite Eight, like you're thinking, our, the, the thought from CDC and company might be, all right, well, we can do better. If we have a better coach. Yeah. If this is, an elite, this is an Elite Eight team, we're, right. we're like, a, we can, right away from a national championship. Right. right. There you go, exactly. And his own success might work against him. <laughs> I know, right? It's exactly. It's like, well, we could have done a little bit better. I, I'm trying to think about, you know, there have been a ton of names out there. All right. And I'm kind of volleying back. And, and I, I, I think final four is what he has to do to keep the job. I legitimately think final four, just because this is, this is that kind of team. Like this, this basketball team this year has that kind of talent, has that kind of ability. Marcus Card, Tyrese Hunter, Timmy Allen. I mean, Serge Jabari Rice, like all these guys. You know, and even and Bishop and, and Disu. I mean, they've got, you know, Brock Cunningham, you're kind of your workhorse. Like, they've got all of these guys who are just, you know, no, names that we know. They've got, they're an old team. That is an old team. They can score in the perimeter. They can score the post a little bit, too. They can get up and down. Um, the the names that, I mean, I've heard some some big names. What are the What are the three that you feel like this makes sense I can see this happening. Cause like, I know people are talking about Musselman. I, I really don't see that happening. I actually think, I think for basketball, Arkansas, like Arkansas is sure. It's a football place. And I know it's still in like very much Cowboys country, as you know, like, you know, Jerry Jones went there, all kind of stuff, but like they love their basketball and he is beloved at Arkansas. I don't see that to me. Jay Wright would make a lot of sense. Cause he's not coaching, but I mean, I think he left coaching for some reason. So because he's not occupied, I'd ask him. Jerome Tang, because I, I, I don't think Scott Drew, I don't think Scott Drew's going to leave Baylor. And I, don't, I think Scott Drew is staying at, at Baylor. It feels like it's kind of guy that he is, especially his values. He's a very, very strong Christian guy. I feel like it's just kind of, that's a match made in heaven for him. Jerome Tang, if he has a great year at K-State, like, why wouldn't you call him? A guy knows the state of Texas really, really well. And if you win in the big, if you can win in the big 12, like I know it's only one year, but come on, man. Like if you can win in the big 12, like you got to respect that. And then the third guy, I'm, I'm kind of, I mean, I heard somebody mention John Calipari. It's like, I'm not even sure you want to get John Calipari right now. I'm not even sure that's, that's the right way to do it. Uh, maybe one of the guys of like, I would hate to see it. Dennis Gates at Missouri. I know it's been brought up. You know, somebody else who's done a good job in the power five, maybe, but I would say right now, like Tang, Jerome Tang is is probably up there number one. And Jay Wright's unoccupied. Why not give him a call? 
Yeah, you you mentioned some of them, but uh, you talked about it. Jay Wright, definitely. I mean, I think he has to be at the top of your list, especially because he's not at another school. I think Baylor, right. you know, like you said, Scott Drew, uh, you know, somebody told me, like, you have to make him say no to you, right? And I do think you have to right. make that call, but I don't see him leaving Baylor. I actually like the John Calipari just because I know that Texas is going to be looking for a splash. And you can say what you want about Calipari. Sure. You can say that. Uh, you know, he hasn't achieved with the level of talent that he's had. But like we look at it in college football, like there's only a few coaches that have made it to the pinnacle and won a national championship. Sure. And Calipari is still one of those coaches. He's still somebody that can go in any living room and bring in any player in the country to Austin, Texas, potentially, if he was brought in. So I think that the way things are looking at Kentucky right now, you know, maybe it's run its course and, you know, Texas could make that call and he can revive his career a little bit at the 48 because I'm not sure. But another name is, is currently, you know, one of the, the biggest and best coaches in the state of Texas in college basketball right now. I think you have to make the call to Kelvin Sampson down at U of H, you know, and I know that he's, uh, you know, done a lot of really good things. And, you know, that yeah. program right now is, is you know, kind of on par with the University of Texas, but, you know, Texas still is the flagship school in the state, and that means something, right, you know? And so, like yeah. you said, you just have to make him say no. I'm not saying that he'll jump, you know, and leave no, U of H, and I'm not I saying think, that he I should. I think you're right. you have to make that – just the University of Texas, you have to make a – New arena. Yeah. Kelvin Sampson would be a splash, yeah. Yeah, I, I think you bring up a good point. Maybe I'm being too short-sighted with, like, these guys are these guys are happy, and I think the one thing we – you know, Kelvin's a little bit older, right, and you don't want to mess with happy. But, I mean, if you call Musk – Chris Beard was happy. Right, right. Chris Beard is very happy at Tech. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. If you if you make the offer to Muss, if you make the offer to to Scott Drew, if you make the offer, uh, you know, like to, to those guys, Calvin Sampson, right? I mean, maybe, yeah, maybe if you keep offering enough of those guys like that, eventually somebody will not say no to you if you make it the gotta say no type offer. So maybe I'm wrong on that front, but I, I think, yeah, Scott Drew, or uh, excuse me, um, uh, Jay Wright, like if you could pull that one off, it's good. But once again, Roddy Terry deserves his shot because what he's being asked to do right now is extremely challenging. Yeah. So, and look, I, I'm not up, sure it's going to work yeah. out. Like this is an unfair spot for him to be in. Yeah, you wake up on December 12th and you're the head men's basketball coach at the University of Texas. Right. right? <laughs> like you, you went right. to sleep as an assistant. You woke up as the head basketball coach right. for the remainder of the season, right? And Under then, like ridiculous what, circumstances too. Yeah, and then for like three and a half weeks, like you're in kind of flux. You don't know if you're the interim. You don't know if he's going to be brought back. Like you don't know how to approach the team, right? And you have to step in immediately to all of these coaches that, I mean, yeah, they committed to Rodney Terry too, but they committed to Chris Beard. Right. Like they Chris trusted Beard. Chris Beard. They came to the University of Texas to play for Chris Beard. Timmy Allen and Marcus Carr came back when most people didn't think they would because they believed in Chris Beard. And so now you have to take over this team. And, you know, like I said, it'd be different if he was taking over a 2-11, and 2-12 and team. And it's like, oh, okay, well, you know, just kind of get them to the end and then we'll bring in another coach. You have to step into a team that has national championship aspirations and Chris Beard or not, you still have to lead a team that expects to win the national championship in right. Rodney Terry. So yeah, definitely. I, you know, give that brother all the crew to kudos and, you know, I respect him, you know, a lot because um, job, I don't envy the position that he's in, you know, right now. And, and, and it's very tough, but, you know, like I said, this is a team with national championship aspirations and that didn't change whether Chris Beard was fired or not. And so Rodney Terry is now the captain of that ship and he has to be one of the reasons that they get, you know, to the national championship or make a deep run in the tournament. All right, you and I have to talk again uh, here coming up pretty soon. We haven't we haven't finished all of our our season in reviews, so you and I will be talking Texas football here pretty soon. I'm sure you have been still. So where can people find you and your work and all of its variety covering the Longhorns? 
Yes, Johnzo Ball, like Lonzo Ball for the personal Twitter, Locked On Horns for the Locked On Longhorns Twitter, Locked On Longhorns on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. Hook them. Awesome. Jonathan Davis, appreciate you so much.